Well, good morning. Uh, again, my name is Mark. You can have a seat. Uh, you can just sit, sit down for a while now. You can just sit for a while, like a good long while till, till the end. We'll get up and sing. Uh, again, my name is Mike Lee, and I get to be the pastor here at Mission Valley Church. If you're new here today, uh, if you're new, I'm so glad that you're here. Maybe you came to see uh, the child dedication. Maybe you're here to celebrate that. Maybe a friend invited you. At, at any rate, whatever brought you here, we're so glad that you're here. And if I've never met you, I'd sure love to do that. And so at the end of the service, we're going to be enjoying some time of fellowship out in the courtyard. Uh, I'd love to shake your hand, fist bump, uh, whatever you're into. Uh, that's one of the ways that we can meet. Another way that we can meet is if you'll fill out one of those connect cards. Uh, Brittany talked about it at the beginning of the service and she'll talk about it again at the end. Just fill out one of those connect cards and I'll reach out to you this week. And finally, uh, maybe the easiest way that we can get in touch. Somebody asked me like, how can I get in touch with you this week? Uh, the same way that I share every week, you can just send me a text, 602-763-3331. Uh, I'm reachable that way. If you didn't write that down, if you didn't hear that, Ask somebody next to you. I give it out pretty much every week. So you can reach out to me that way. So today is a really fun day because in addition to this being a child dedication Sunday, it's also Kids Serve Sunday. And so we get to have all these kids in the room with us. And this is on purpose. We want them in the room. We want them to see what happens in here. We want them to see what happens when we open up God's word and we preach from it. We want them to see what happens when the adults in the room hear God's word and it convicts them and it changes them. We want them to be in here for the entire thing and we're so happy for it. It. And here's the thing that we've learned about kids, that we understand about kids. It's difficult for little kids to sit in a room for this amount of time. It's difficult. And so if they get a little wiggly, if they get a little jiggly, if they, if they move around and everything, don't worry about it. They're fine. Pastor Mike said they're fine exactly where they're at, okay? They're going to do a great job, and we're super happy that they're here. So you've joined us today in the third week of a series that we are, that we are calling Philippians, Joy in All Things. We're looking at this letter that Paul has written to the church at Philippi, and it's a letter that's mostly about joy. It's a, it's a letter about joy, and he's, he's talking about having all kinds of joy. And he, he makes a really strong statement in this letter. He's going to make this really strong statement that you can literally have joy in all things. And we've been kind of unpacking why that is. And so I'm excited to do that this morning. But before we dive into the letter, before we dive into the text, I'd like to just ask this question. It's one of my favorite questions, and the question is simply, what's it for? I love to ask that question about all kinds of stuff. I like to just think about it. It's, it's one of my favorite questions because it brings clarity to something. Like somebody might say to me, like, hey, do you have time for a meeting this week? And I'll say, sure, what's it for? Because I never know what somebody might want to meet with me about. Uh, last week I forgot to ask that question and somebody just asked me for a meeting, asked me if I would go meet him for coffee. And we sat there for like an hour and a half and I wasn't sure what he wanted and I couldn't tell, like, was this the meeting that you wanted? Did you want something different? And so finally I just asked him, like, I'm like an hour and a half in, like, hey, what was this for? And he was like, oh, I just thought it would be fun. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, I, I hope I've done that for you. I don't, that's great. I'm happy to do that. I, did, I just didn't know. Sometimes people will want to meet with me because they want to tell me that they don't like something. I know it's hard for you to imagine that, that some people would want to, I know, it's hard to imagine, right? That somebody would want to meet with me to tell me what they don't like. Some people want to meet with me to tell me what they do like. Like Scott Van Loan, he'll just call me once a week and just be like, Mike, I really like you. And I'm like, thanks, Scott. And thanks a lot. I appreciate it, buddy. He's just one of these real encouragers, right? And so I, I like to just ask, what's it for? And you can ask this question about anything. Like if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, you might ask, what's the Kevin Durant trade for? Well, that's for to win a championship. I mean, that's what it's for. I mean, that's, that's why we traded all our stuff away and got Kevin Durant and it's for to win a championship. And if we don't get a championship this year, I'm going to be upset and get rid of my son's gear. Like, I'm, that's it. 
Like, I'm, 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 I, like I got in and I'm going to get out. Andy Page, he's loyal forever. He's, he'll be down forever no matter what they do, but not me. I'm, that's it. It's either a championship or I'm out. That's me. Right? What's it for? Uh, some people will say, like, well, what's this event for? We do a lot of things as a church, and so sometimes I'll say, what's this event for? For example, we have a men's breakfast that's next Saturday, and the Saturday after that we have a women's breakfast. And if somebody says, what's it for? I'll say, well, that is for discipleship. It's for discipleship. And somebody will say, well, is there going to be food there? And I'll be like, yeah, it's food. But you could get food anywhere. That's not what it's for. And some people will say, well, will I get friendship there? And I'll say, well, you might get friendship there. But what it's mostly for is discipleship. And so we'll know if it was good or not based on whether or not people get discipled. Uh, some people might even say this. Some people might ask, well, what is this relationship for? And I think you can get a lot of clarity around stuff when you, you ask yourself, well, what is this relationship for? And so with kids in the room today, parents raising kids in the room today, I can say this, kids are for teaching, spouses are friendship, are for friendship. That's what they're for. That's what they're mostly for. It's when you have kids, it's mostly for you to teach them, not to be their friend or their buddy or whatever, you're teaching them. And when you know what something's for, it brings a lot of clarity. And so since we have little kids in the room today, I thought it'd be fun just to do it with you kids in the room. I'm going to just put something up on the screen. I'm going to ask you what it's for. And so what is this truck for, uh, kids? What's a truck like this for? Does anybody know? Kids in the room, does anybody know what this truck is for? Davey, you know what it's for? It's a semi. Somebody said it, it, that that's what it is. What's it for, Kate? driving and getting places, but it's a lot for getting stuff to places, right? They put stuff in the back of that thing, that big cargo thing in the back, and so it's for getting stuff places. It's for getting stuff. Anything you want to move, you could put like dog food in there, you could put toys in there, you could put like cars, you could put a lot of stuff. Whatever you want to move around, it's for that. It's what it's for, but it's limited because it can only move one of those little carts in the back. It can only move one of those trailers. Some of them that are really strong can move two two of them, but if you want to move a whole lot of those trailers, like if you need to move a whole lot, you need something different, so you need one of these. What's that? Does anybody know, kids, you know what that is? That's a train. You're right. That's a train. You, you knew it right there in the back. I heard you say it's a train. And the, What? Yes, right. Yes, good. It's Kids Serve Sunday, and I'm here. I'm glad you're for it. All right. It, it's, for, it's for moving a lot of stuff. Like you might, you could move a lot of those big old uh, trailers with a train. You could see one going along. Maybe you have an office like me that's down around Grand Avenue and you get stuck at the train track and you wonder how many things can this train pull? And it's so many. It takes like 10 minutes out of your life. It's horrible to get stuck at the trains. And, and it moves a lot of these things. And that's really good. But the problem with trains is that they can, trucks and trains, they can only go on the ground. And so as much as they can move stuff all over America, what if we want to move stuff somewhere else? We want to go far away. Well, then we need one of these. Look at that. You know what that is? Yeah, It's a boat. Yeah, it's a special. Yes, it is a boat. That guy didn't know what it was, but you did. Chris, I thought you would know. Chris, I, oh, it's a cargo ship. Oh, Chris, there's an engineer. There's an engineer in the room. Technically, it's not a boat. It's a cargo ship. It's very good. It's a cargo ship. It's for moving so much cargo. And here's the cool thing about a cargo ship is you can look at all those, like, all those things. A truck can move one of those. A train can move like 50 of them. And that cargo ship can move so many of them. And it can move stuff all over the world. And it's fantastic. So each one of these things has a purpose. right? A truck has a purpose. And a, and a train has a purpose. And a cargo ship has a purpose. And the really interesting thing is that a cargo ship, as awesome 
as it is can't do what a truck can do because a cargo ship can't go on the ground and a train can't do what a cargo ship can do. All of these things have their own purpose. Everything has a purpose. And so I would ask you this question, both the kids in the room and the adults, what are you for? What are you for? What is your purpose? What are, what are you for? What are, what are you made for? What is your purpose? Kids, when you walked into the room today, when you walked into the room here and you came into the room today, you got handed a bag. And in that bag is a mirror. And I, I just want you to pull this mirror out, okay? Kids in the room, I want you to pull this mirror out. And if you didn't get one, raise your hand up real big if you didn't get a mirror. If you're a kid in the room and you didn't get a mirror, and I'm going to have some friends that are going to quickly move around, and Alex is going to jump up right now. If you didn't get one, watch how quick he is. Look at him go. Alex is quick. And Jared, so fast. Both of them, Matt Johnson, so fast. If you didn't get a mirror, we got a kid up here that didn't get a mirror. Pull it. If, you didn't, if you didn't get a mirror, we got one over here that didn't get. How did Ben not get a mirror? This kid's going to be a preacher someday. How did he not get a mirror? Probably because you were supposed to have the preacher's mirror. You want mine? No, he does. He do? All right, come here. You can come in mine. Come here, Ben. Quick, quick, quick. Quick, Ben. Quick, quick, quick. Quick, come get this mirror. Look at this. This guy's going to be a preacher someday. I knew it. Watch, 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 watch. Ben, come on over up here. Come up here. Come up here. Cool. Cool. Very good. 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 This is my friend Ben. He's going to be a preacher someday. Everybody, yay for Ben. Good. Ben. All right, good. Go back down, but don't fall. I'll look real bad. Yeah, this is a narrow step. If you get all the way down, you are going to be a preacher someday. Hey, I'm going to need one too, Alex, because Ben stole mine. All right. It's fine. It's fine. We'll preach about jealousy next week. All right. Anyways. So you might ask yourself, well, what am I for? Uh, what am I for? What am I for? What's my purpose? And I want to ask you, kids, do you realize that the Bible says, when you, when you look at God's word, when you look at God's Bible, it says that God knew you and he formed you in your mommy's tummy. That's what happened. God knew you and he formed you and he made you for a purpose. Before you were even born, God had a purpose for you. In the same way that we know what a truck is for and a boat is for, God knew. God knew what Kate was for and what Ben was for, right? God knew what all of you were for. He knew what Samuel was for, knew what all of you were for, all of you, what you're for, your purpose is, whether you are a kid in the room or an adult in the room, what you are for, what your purpose is, is to reflect God's glory back to him. So here it is, church, you are for to glorify God. That's what you're for. If you wonder what I'm for, what am I, what am I for, what is my purpose, you are to glorify God. You were made to worship God and reflect glory back to him. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 1. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God created, God made us. We are made and we were made on purpose. This is what it says in Revelations 4.11. It says, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. We are to reflect and we are to glorify God. We, we, we give glory and honor to him. It says, for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. I want us to know that what we are for is to glorify glorify God. Kids, I am so glad that you're in the room today. Kids, I'm so glad that you're in the room today because you will get to learn something today that even some of the adults in the room struggle with from time to time. You'll get to learn something today. As a little kid, you'll get to learn something that even the adults struggle with sometimes, and that is that you were made on purpose to glorify God. This means, this means that it's not mostly about you. 
Kids, if you hold up that mirror and you just look in it and you look at yourself, you just look in the mirror, I want you to know that this whole thing is not mostly about you. It's not mostly about what you want. It's not mostly about what you need. It's not mostly what you like. It's not mostly about your preference. It is about glorifying God. And here's the thing. Even the adults in the room will from time to time struggle with this. Kids, you're not going to believe this. But adults in this room, sometimes adults that look like the adults around you, will sometimes think that it's about us. We'll think it's about what we want and what we like and our preferences and how we would do it. And what you get to learn today, you'll be so smart when you leave, kids. You'll get to know that it's not mostly about us. It's mostly about God. We reflect God's glory back to him. So what are we for? To glorify God. What are we for? To glorify God. Look at how the adults wanted to participate, kids. I wasn't even talking to them. I wasn't even talking to them. They want to be like you guys. You're so smart. So here's another question. Well, if people are for, to glorify God and all people are to glorify God, then I have another question. And the question is this. What are Christians for? What are Christians for? What happens when somebody believes in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, when somebody becomes a Christian, when Jesus saves them and somebody becomes a Christian, what are Christians for? People are for glorifying God. What are Christian people for? Well, they are for glorifying God and they are for telling people about Jesus. What are Christians for? Well, they're for telling people about Jesus. How do you know that? Because this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you are a little kid and you are a Christian, you are for telling people about Jesus. If you're a little kid and you're a Christian, you are for telling people about Jesus. If you are a teenager, if you're a teenager, maybe you're part of our youth ministry, you're a teenager and you are a Christian, you are for telling people about Jesus. Your purpose is to tell people about Jesus. If you are grown up, if you're a grown up, if you're like one of these grown ups in here, right? You're just grown. You got all grown up. This is as big as you're going to get. You're a grown up. You are for telling people about Jesus. What about if you're really old? What if you're like one of the really old ones? Like what are you for? What are you, mostly what are you for? You for telling people about Jesus. Here's what I want you to know. If you sit in this room today, I wouldn't call any one of you old. But if you, if you like would identify as an old person, you are for telling people about Jesus. You know what you're not for? Retirement. I don't care about that. You're for telling people about Jesus. That's what we're all for. And so when I say this, I'll say this. I'll say, hey, what are people for? You'll say... To glorify God, yes, and I'll say, what are Christians for? And you'll say, to tell people about Jesus. Yes, you understand. This is what we're for. This is our purpose. This is how I want us to live. This is how Paul wants us to live. And because Paul knows his purpose... Because the guy that's writing this letter in Philippians knows his purpose. Because Paul knows his purpose. He knows first that he was made to glorify God. And second, that because he's a Christian, he has to tell others about Jesus. Because Paul absolutely knows his purpose. He can say and believe what he says in Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
He can rejoice in all the things. He can always be rejoicing because he knows his purpose. He knows what he's for. And he's living on that purpose. Because Paul knows his purpose. He can have joy no matter what's going on. Whether, whether he's walking around, whether he's being bullied, whether he's on a boat. Uh, even when he's one time put, several times put in prison in all things, he can rejoice because Paul knows his purpose. And so today... We'll look at a section of this letter that Paul is writing from prison and we'll be reminded that Christians have a purpose. We have a purpose. We have a purpose. Let me say it more clearly. Let me say it like this more clearly and I'll slow down. One of the times people want to meet with me, they'll say, sometimes you go a little fast. And, I, and I'll tell you that I go fast because I get so excited. I get so excited about this stuff. And so I, I'll slow down. Let me just say it like this clearly. Let me say it like this. Christians... You are where you are on purpose, for a purpose. So live on purpose so that some may believe and others will be encouraged. Listen to this one more time. Christian, you are where you are on purpose, for a purpose. So live on purpose so that some may believe and others will be encouraged. We're going to break these verses down uh, that were read just a little bit ago, and we're going to pull five key ideas from it. The first is this, Christian, you are where you are on purpose. This is what Paul says in Philippians 1.12. He says, I want you to know, brothers, sending this letter out. He's in prison, and he's sending this letter out. He says, and he's writing to his friends, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What has happened to me? What has happened to Paul at this point? Paul may be talking about the specifics here, the fact that he is in prison. So he could be saying, hey, what has happened to me is that I'm in prison. Or he could be talking about all the things that have led up to him being in prison. He he could be talking about his encounter with Jesus and and the riot that he was in and his previous imprisonment and his shipwreck or his many beatings, but it is clear to say that all of it have led to him being in this spot in time. He is saying, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel because Paul knows his life has purpose. He can know that he is in prison on purpose. This is where God wants him right now. This is where God is going to work in his life right now. It's where he happens to be. He's on purpose. This is not happenstance. This is where he's supposed to be. And because he knows that he is where he is supposed to be, he can rejoice even in that spot. See, I think it's really easy to rejoice in cool places. It's really easy. I was talking to some people this morning. They just got back from Maui. I bet it was easy to rejoice there. It's great. They're chilling on the beach. And I'm saying that Paul is rejoicing in prison because he knows that he's in a spot on purpose. And I want you to know today that you are where you are on purpose too. Right where you're at, you're there, you're on, you're on purpose. You are where you are on purpose. If you are a kid and you're in a classroom or in your family or on that sports team, it is on purpose. Kids, get this. Get this before you get too old and get confused and mess it up. Kids, understand this, that you are where you are supposed to be on purpose in that classroom, on that sports team, right where, you, where you're at. If you are an adult, you're at home or at work, it's on purpose. If you have a job, you are in that job, you are at that job on purpose. If you, if you are in a discipleship group or on a service team at this church, you are there on purpose. There is reason for it. There's purpose behind it. You see, Paul can have joy even in prison because he knows he's there on purpose. He, just like, just like you, is there on purpose. 
Church, here's something that's interesting. Tomorrow, most of us won't come to work at a church. Most of us won't come to work at a church. I'm not going to go to work at a church tomorrow. I, I have a whole other job. Just like most of you, I got another job. I go, I go to work at Skyline Builders. That's where I work. Some of you work at different places. I've talked to, talk to you and got to know you, and you all have jobs. And you go out and you work those jobs. And just like you and me, sometimes those jobs are hard. Some days are good, some days are rough, some days are, are, are fantastic and you really like your job. Some days are really challenging and you don't like your job. But I want you to know that you can be there on purpose. Uh, just, just like you, Penny and I are trying to raise kids in this broken world. And some days it's a lot of fun and some days it's really hard. But I want you to know that if you are raising kids, you are raising kids. You have been given those kids by God on purpose. There's purpose behind it. Some of you are married. Some of you are married. And like me and Penny, you would, you've learned that some days marriage is super fun. And some days it's really hard. But I want you to know that you are in that marriage on purpose. You're in that family on purpose. You're in those relationships on purpose. You're where you're supposed to be on purpose. And, and I, when I stop and I think about this, when I just stops and it, it occurs to me that I am at my job parenting these kids, married to my wife, in these relationships, even pastoring this, ch this church on purpose, I can have joy in all things even when it's not going well. Even when it's not going well, I can have joy. Even on the days it's really hard. Even on those days when you're like, oh, it's Tuesday and it feels like a Monday again. How did that happen? I already did Monday yesterday. I don't want to do Monday again. Some days you get to Wednesday and you're like, how many Mondays are going to be in this week? Are you kidding me with this? I had a week like that last week. I got all the way to Thursday and Monday hadn't stopped yet. And I was like, this is something. But you can have joy even in those situations. Kids, hold up that mirror. Hold up that mirror and listen to yourself. I want you just to repeat after me. I want you to just listen. I want you to say this to yourself. And, and, and adults in the room, be jealous that you don't have a mirror. I'll just show you. This is what you look like. So fantastic. This is what I want you to know. Kids and people in the room, you are where you are on purpose on purpose, right where you're at. Live on purpose there. All right, here's the next point. Christian, you have a purpose. So you are where you're at on purpose. You're physically where you're at on purpose. And, and while you're there, since you're there anyway, you have a purpose. This is what it says in Philippians 1.13. It says, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Paul's purpose is to tell others about Jesus. That's what his purpose is. That's what he's doing. He's a Christian. He's a Christian, just like, just like you are. If you've believed in the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus, you're a Christian. And so Paul is just there in prison. He's on purpose. He is in prison on purpose, and his purpose is to being there is to tell people about Jesus. And Paul says he's been telling people about Jesus so much that it's become clear throughout all the imperial guard that Paul is there because of Jesus. This means that everybody in this prison, all these, these guards are like, oh, that guy Paul, I know why he's here. He's here because he keeps telling people about Jesus. That guy Paul, I know why he's here. He's here because he's a Christian and he tells people about Jesus. And he tells them about Jesus so much and now all of them know and they know it because he's talking to them. He's saying it. He's saying things like, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Do you realize I'm here in prison because I've been telling people about Jesus? Can I tell you about Jesus? Oh, you don't want to hear? I'm going to tell you anyway because we're both in prison together. It's a pretty captive audience. 
One of my favorite things to do is just take Uber rides and tell people about Jesus. Because, like, we're in the same car. What else are we going to talk about? The weather? I don't think so. The Suns? Until they win a championship, I'm not talking about them anymore. Like, like we're just talking about Jesus, right? We're, we're in a captive situation. There's a, there's a bad piece of advice that goes out. Christians say it sometimes. It's a really bad piece of advice. Uh, Christians will sometimes say, and they'll say this, they'll say, tell people about Jesus and when necessary, use words. This is really bad advice. It's really bad advice. I understand the sentiment. I understand the sentiment behind it, and I love the sentiment behind it. The sentiment behind it is that if you live like Jesus and love like Jesus, that those actions will speak louder than words. And it's a nice sentiment, but it's bad advice because Jesus said, go teach disciple. And if you're going to do that, you're going to need some words. Jesus said, go teach disciple. And if you're going to do that, you're going to need some words. Not many people are so amazingly awesome. That's, not many people are so amazingly awesome that people would just look at him and be like, wow, man, you are, maybe Kim is. I, don't, I, I, look, I didn't mean to, Kim, but I looked right at you. And I'm thinking now, I know Scott's not, I, but, I, but maybe Kim is. Even Kim, as fantastic as Kim Van Loan is, I don't think Kim Van Loan is capable of living so perfectly that people would be like, wow, what is it about Kim? I just got to get to know what it is that she knows. Oh, she, she's a Christian. And if Kim can't do it, y'all are going to need some words. You're going to need some words. Even Kim uses them. You're going to need some words. See, in the same way that you need food to feed people, you're going to need words to tell people about Jesus. And so Paul tells people about Jesus. And he does this no matter where he's at. He lives out his purpose telling people about Jesus. He tells people about Jesus on the road. He tells people about Jesus in churches. He tells people about Jesus on boats. Paul tells people about Jesus in prison no matter where he's at. He does this. Paul does this because he knows his purpose as a Christian is to tell people about Jesus. And so wherever he is at, around whomever he is around, he can just do it. If Paul knows that what I'm mostly here to do now that Jesus has saved me is tell other people about Jesus, why would he let something like prison get in the way? Why would he do that? If you are in school, you can tell people about Jesus there. If you are at work, you can tell people there about Jesus. If you are a stay-at-home parent or grandparent, you tell those little kids about Jesus right there. You tell those kids about Jesus. You tell them about Jesus all the time. When you see something on TV that they're watching and you know that that's not the way Jesus would do it, you shut the TV off and you tell them Jesus wouldn't have done it like that. Let me tell you how Jesus would have done it. You get you a Bible and you read it to them. Just disciple the heck out of those kids. Tell those kids about Jesus. They need to hear about it. Why are we telling kids about all kinds of stuff they don't need to know about? Yellow and blue make green. So what? What about Jesus saves your life? What about Jesus conquered death? Yellow and blue make green. I don't. I mean, whatever. I've never needed that. Never needed that. Pythagorean theorem, I need it sometimes. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Kids, hold up that mirror. This is what I want you to know this morning. Hold up that mirror and adults, listen. You look at my mirror. Kids, you hold up that mirror and you know this. Christian, you have a purpose and it is to tell people about Jesus. Kids, look at that. Look at that mirror. You are to tell people about Jesus. Go to work. Go to school. Don't go to work tomorrow. You're a little kids. You shouldn't have a job. If you have a job so far, come let me know. Maybe we got, we got to talk to people. We, that's probably not good. But you go to school tomorrow, you tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus on your sports team. Tell, if you play soccer, tell your soccer friends about Jesus. They need Jesus more than they need soccer. That's hard to believe. Number three is this. I get fired up. I love Kids Surf Sunday. Are you all fired up today? Living on purpose. Love it. Christian, live on purpose. 
Live on purpose. I want us to think about this for a minute. Paul could have sat in prison and felt sorry for himself. He could have sat in prison and felt sorry for himself. He could have sat there and said, just felt so sorry for himself and not said anything. He could have said, you know what? This Paul could have taken on this attitude. Paul could have thought, you know what? Talking about Jesus is landing me in jail. <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus landing me in jail. And so I'm around a bunch of Roman guards and a bunch of other prisoners. I'm literally chained to somebody. At this point in Paul's imprisonment, he's literally chained. Not, not figuratively, but literally chained to somebody else all the time. He's literally chained to somebody all the time. He can say, you know what? Uh, someday if I ever get out of here again, I might get back to telling people about Jesus. But for right now, I'm going to just sit here and feel sad about where I'm at. And i got to be honest with you. I think we could understand if Paul would have done it like that. If Paul would have done it like that, if Paul would have just sat there and been like so sad and just, just crying all the time about, oh, I'm so sad I'm in prison, I think we would have been like, Paul, we get it, man. It looks rough, man. It looks rough. What you're going through is rough. Why don't you just take a break, Paul? Just take a break. Just sit over there on your cot. Chill out. If you ever get out of here, get back to telling people about Jesus. I think we would have excused it. But Paul knows that he has a purpose, and so he lives on purpose. And because of that, he tells people exactly who Jesus is so that he can write this in verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. All these people, all these people know about it. All these people know about it. He's living on purpose in there. All these people have heard about Jesus from Paul. He doesn't waste his opportunity to tell these people about, about Jesus. He doesn't sit there crying, wondering how he got here. He's like, hey, this just must be where I'm supposed to be, and I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so if here is where I'm at, then here is where I will do that thing that I'm supposed to do. And sometimes as Christians, we don't do the same. Sometimes as Christians, we come up with all kinds of excuses. We say stuff like, well, I would tell people about Jesus, but I'm so busy at work right now. I would tell people about Jesus, but I'm just so busy. I'm, I'm so busy with these kids right now. I mean, how am I supposed to tell people about Jesus? I'm dragging these kids around all the time. I can't even get them to, like, to like, wipe their own nose or anything like that. How am I going to tell people about Jesus? I'm so busy with school right now. Some people say, I'm so busy with school, I'm taking all these classes, I don't know how to tell people about Jesus. Some people say, I'm so busy with life right now. Some people will say things like this, as soon as things slow down a little bit, I'll start to live on mission. Some people will say, as soon as I get past this thing, this, this next job assignment, or this next class, or this next season of life, at some point things will slow down, and when that happens, I will start living on purpose, I'll start living on, on mission, and I want to encourage you to stop thinking like that and just start living on mission right now. None of you are too busy to tell people about Jesus. If you want to do this, if you ever want to do this, I think it's fun. I'd love to do it. I'll compare my schedule to anybody's in the room. It's the one time I'll be like, I, my schedule is locked down. I'll, I'll, I'll compare my schedule to anybody in the room. And if you're more busy than me, I'll buy you lunch, okay? But I bet we're at least the same busy. And I'm telling you, I got time to tell people about Jesus. I told somebody about Jesus yesterday at a birthday party. I just started telling this guy about Jesus and inviting him to church. Why? Because I was at the birthday party. What was I there for? I mean, I kind of wanted some cake, but the cake hadn't been served yet. And so since I was standing around waiting for cake, I figured this just must be where I'm supposed to be a missionary right now. And so I started telling this guy about Jesus, and I invited him to church. And you can do the same. I want to encourage you to live on mission with purpose right now. You see, when you believe you are where you are on purpose, then you can believe that you really do have a purpose, and then you can really live on purpose. You can tell the people right where you're at about Jesus. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell other students. Tell everybody. Tell your Uber driver. Tell your Starbucks barista. Tell people about Jesus. How many of you stopped? Don't answer this question, but how many of you stopped on the way into church this morning at something that wasn't church and had an opportunity to say, hey, if you're ever not working on Sunday, why don't you come with me to church where you'll hear about Jesus. 
How many of you said, hey, I'm getting ready to go to church and I hate it for you that you can't today because you're working. Can I pray for you this morning? Is there anything I could do to pray for you? I'm going to go to church and people at church pray, can I pray for you? Nobody's too busy to do that. Nobody's too busy to do that. Nobody's too busy. Tell people about Jesus. Start up a conversation. Start up a conversation tomorrow that sounds like this. Everybody will have this opportunity tomorrow. I almost guarantee you'll have this opportunity. Somebody will say, how was your weekend? And you could fill that time up. You could fill that void up with a bunch of information that isn't going to help anybody. But you could also work in, hey, actually, I had a really good weekend. One of the things I did was go to church. By the way, are you a Christian? Here's what will probably happen. Here's what will probably happen. When somebody says, how was your weekend? And you say, oh, I had a really good weekend. did a lot of stuff. But one of the things I did was go to church. Hey, by the way, are you a Christian? Here's what will happen. Either they'll say yes, at which point you'll be like, hey, that's fantastic. I didn't know that. I'm a Christian too. That's cool. I know. Crazy how Jesus saved us both. Isn't that fantastic? That's one thing that might happen. Or they might say no. They might say, no, I'm not a Christian. And then you get to ask another question. Well, would you like to be one? Would you like to be one? And from that, you can start up a gospel conversation. You can tell people about Jesus. You can tell them how he saved you. Just tell them your story. Hey, this is what happened to me. I didn't know Jesus, and, and then I, 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 I got saved, and, and then this is how it happened. Just t- tell it in your own words. You've heard me share my story about the 1981 Ford Bronco. You have a story too. Just tell them your story. Don't tell them what you did this weekend as though they care about the new sandwich shop you ate at. They don't care. It won't save them, even if they do care. It won't change anything. Don't tell them about the birthday party. They'll just be jealous that they didn't get any cake. Tell them about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. What if you went to work this week on purpose? What if you you went to school this week on purpose? What if you parented this week on purpose? What if you were retired this week but did so on purpose? Kids, hold up the mirror and look at yourself. In church, listen, when I tell you this, Christian, you can live your life on purpose this week. You don't have to wait for nothing. You can live your life on purpose today. Some of you will leave here today and go places. Tell those people about Jesus. They need it. Live on purpose. Here's number four. Because here's what will happen. Here's what will happen when you know your purpose and you live on purpose. Here's what will happen. Christian, some will believe. Some will believe. Some people will just believe. It will be fantastic. You'll hear about it. You, you, you tell people about Jesus and some people will just believe. We know that sometimes when Paul told people about Jesus, they believed. And of course, sometimes they didn't. But Paul's letters are filled with stories of people who did believe. And of course, some didn't. But Paul writes these letters to people who believe. Some people will believe. Remember that Paul's purpose is not to make people believe. His purpose is to glorify God and tell others about Jesus. Jesus saves. Paul has no ability to do that anyway. Jesus is the one that does it. So you don't have to worry so much about people actually believing. You can live on mission and just tell them. You can live on purpose and just tell them. Leave the believing up to Jesus. You couldn't do it anyway. In the same way, you and I were made to glorify God. That is our purpose. And if Jesus has saved us and we are Christians, our purpose is to tell others about Jesus. And whether or not they believe is not ultimately up to us. So you get to just live on mission with purpose and trust Jesus with the results. You get to live on purpose, on mission, telling people about Jesus and trust that God will save who he's going to save. Like you and I have many people in our life. Uh, like, like you, I've got a lot of people in my life and I've told a lot of people about Jesus. And, and, and some people have believed and some haven't. Some people have believed and some haven't. I wish I could tell you about all the people that I've told about Jesus and they all believed. And it's not true. Some didn't believe. But that's not my purpose. My purpose is to tell 
My purpose is to convert. My purpose is to share. My purpose and your purpose is to tell people right where we are about Jesus. Kids, hold up that mirror and listen to this. The parents in the room, adults in the room, listen to this and believe this. Christian, some people you tell about Jesus will believe and some will not. But your purpose is to tell. You are for to tell. That's what you're for. That's what you do. For to tell. Here's number five. We'll end up with this. Christian, some will be encouraged. Philippians 1.14 says this. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by in my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul does not highlight in this part of the letter the people that believe. He doesn't tell us about all the people that are believing, but he does tell us about the people that are being encouraged. He says people have heard what's happening and they are being encouraged to speak more boldly. He says that some are speaking boldly because they're being encouraged by Paul. This seems counterintuitive. You might think that when some of Paul's friends find out that he's in prison for preaching the gospel, that they might get nervous and scared and stop. But what actually happens is they get more excited and more on on mission to do the same, to tell people about Jesus. He's telling them this and they're getting encouraged to start doing this. And so they start speaking boldly without fear, without, without fear and trepidation. They are boldly proclaiming. And I want you to know that when you speak out for Jesus, when you share the gospel, when you invite your friends to church, it is encouraging to others. It's encouraging as a pastor when I hear from some of you, I told my friend about Jesus and I'm praying that Jesus believes. I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can keep doing it. When somebody sends me a message on Saturday night and says, hey, I've been working up the courage to do it and I finally invited my friend. Will you join me in praying that my friend comes? I find that so encouraging. Those are my favorite kinds of messages. When somebody messages me on Sunday morning and says, you're not going to believe this, Pastor, but they're coming. My friend is coming today. My parents are coming today. That person I've, I've been praying for, they're coming today. I find it so encouraging. Church, I want us to know that when we live on purpose to glorify God, others will be encouraged. When we live on purpose to tell others about Jesus, others will be encouraged. Kids, hold up that mirror and everyone else listen to this. When you do this, when you live on purpose, people will be encouraged. This is what I want you to know. So let me say again what I said at the beginning. Christian, you are where you are on purpose. You're there for a purpose. And so you got to live on purpose so that some may believe and others will be encouraged. Kids, what are people for? To glorify God. Kids, what are people for? To glorify God. Kids, what are Christians for? To tell people about Jesus. Kids, what are Christians for? To tell people about Jesus. You learn something that even the adults struggle with. It's so good and I'm glad you're here. It's Kids Serve Sunday and I'm for it. But what if you're here today and you're not a Christian? What if you're here today and you're not a Christian? Well, I would ask you the same question that I'm going to ask everybody else that I asked that this week. Do you want to be? Would you like to be? Would you like to believe? Would you like to be a Christian? Well, this is what you'd need to believe. Can you believe the gospel? Can you believe the gospel that God made the world and it was beautiful and everything worked exactly like it was supposed to? But then man sinned, and when man sinned, we broke the world. We broke it, we messed it up. We just messed it all up. It's our sin to do it. The truth is, it's our sin that does it. Our sin breaks the world and it separates us from God. But God loved us so much that he would not leave us separated from him. 
God loves us so much that he sent Jesus down here on a rescue mission. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus down here to do what we couldn't do, to live the perfect life that we couldn't live, to die the horrific death that we deserved, and to defeat that death so that anyone who could believe in him could spend eternity with him. And if you can believe that, if you can believe that, you can know that Jesus has already saved you. He's already changed your heart. You simply need to confess and believe, to repent, confess, and believe. It sounds like this, Jesus, I am a sinner and I'm sorry. I need you to save me because I cannot save myself. I believe in your life, death, and resurrection. And the Bible says that if we can believe that with our, in our hearts and confess that with our mouth, that Jesus will save us right now. So can you believe this morning? Can you believe? And if you can, can you live on purpose? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. and We thank you for this time to gather on a Sunday morning in a place like this. We thank you that you created us on purpose and that you saved us with purpose. Help us to live on purpose. And God, if there's anybody in this room today who's never believed in you, I ask you to give them the faith to believe. Give them the faith to believe the gospel. Give them the faith to believe that you love them so much that you sent Jesus down here to rescue them. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.